does it actually mean to be empowered? Well, one way to be empowered is really to be able to shift from stress into happiness. And wouldn't it be wonderful if we could learn how to reduce our stress and at the same time boost our happiness by just simple four different shifts. And those are the shifts I want to talk about. Because, you know, on vacation, you often have the most brilliant ideas. And on vacation, you probably also know you're feeling quite differently than in the everyday life. But what you do on vacation and what I experience on vacation is something we can actually also integrate into our working day-to-day -day life and this way increase our ability to de-stress and increase fulfillment, joy, happiness. So let's talk about this. Now, first of all, in order for us to shift into greater happiness and less stress, we do need to make one initial shift. And the initial shift is that we have to spend less of our mental, emotional energy in making money. And I know that maybe not something you want to hear about, but let's face it. How often are we are worrying about work, forcing us to do more so that we have more for what? For the idea ultimately that, well, when we have finally all these financial securities and all this abundance, then finally we can live and be happier. But in the meantime, we may be stressed, grumpy, unhappy. We may be not the best versions of ourselves. We may actually feel like, you know, burdened or burned out and, and waste a lot of valuable time. And I think it's so important that we are remembering time is of the essence. We all have only a limited amount of time here and starting to be less stressed and starting, beginning to be happier is something we can do right now. Not when we retire or not when we have a certain amount of money or a certain re career goal achieved or when the kids are finally out of the house. Being happier is ultimately something that's in our power. And that's why this podcast is called Empowerment Solutions. So what are the four shifts I'm talking about? Now, the first shift is to be more curious again. We are often sitting in a little bubble, in a bubble that makes us feel comfortable. And everything I talk today about is outside of that bubble. Because we get too much in that routine, into this habit of whatever makes us feel safe, so that we are not even looking beyond it anymore. Sometimes I talk to people about, you know, why they are not more curious, why they are not trying something new, especially the people that feel bored. They have everything they want, but somehow they feel unfulfilled. And I'm asking them, so why is it not that you're trying a hobby, trying something creative, trying to go on a trip? And the answer I often get is that they are too embarrassed to not be good at something. They don't want to fail. They don't want to just do something and realize it's not for them. 
And that's a very common attitude. And when you ask yourself, when was the last time you learned something new? When was the last time you opened up your mind, got out of the tunnel vision, and really were curious about something that may have always been in your life, but you never really wondered? It could be a neighbor who may come from Senegal, and you never really took the time to chat about their cuisine or their culture or what it was like to come to the country. It may be that you have always kind of wondered if there is a little artist inside of you, but you never really dared to take any classes because you felt like, well, it's too late. I probably will just, you know, only make little dots on a piece of paper and that's no good. I'm gonna, again, make a fool out of myself. Curiosity, I read an article the other day, is actually more important than happiness itself. It's a better goal to have because it keeps us engaged. It keeps us younger. It keeps our mind constantly working. And the question is, how do you practice? How do you become more curious? And the way to be more curious is very simple. You are asking yourself what you don't know yet and what somehow is sparking your interest. Make a list of all the things that you have wondered about but never really dared to try. For me, this was when I came to Seattle. Uh, I had a whole list of things I want to try out. Mountain biking, I wanted to climb a glacier, I wanted to do some yoga, I wanted to get back into meditation, which I had really miserably failed in uh, 20 years before. And so I did those things. Well, and lo and behold, when I did my yoga classes, I got so into it that I went to yoga camps. And on this yoga camp, I met my wife. And 24 years later, we are still married. So it can actually really change your life just to get out of this bubble and be a little bit more curious. The other thing that I also find what curiosity is doing, it gets us out of this fear state. You know how many people right now are made believe that the other is bad, whether you are loving in a different way, whether you are from a different country, whether you believe in a different religion or in a different history, there is this fear instilled that the other is bad and we have to protect ourselves from the other. So also realize that in order for you to be maybe an agent of positive change and create more harmony and peace in your world, reach out to those that in the past may have felt a little bit like, I don't know, or I cannot see that I can agree, or I feel a little bit, uh, you know, maybe scared or shy. Just open yourself up and be more curious to learn more about that what in the past you have just denied yourself from or you have just had some walls up because you were too scared or you had some preconceived notions. Curiosity is fun and curiosity is also something that I find is usually opening ourselves up for new solutions and uh, feeling in general just that you're more making a difference in the world because you're not 
getting stuck in your little comfort bubble. Start the day with, I wonder what I can learn today that I don't know yet. I wonder what new dish I can try out when I go into a restaurant. I wonder if there is a better and more interesting scenic route to get home from work. I wonder which new person I can meet today. Just wonder and live in greater wonderment because in general life is so much more rich than we are really allowing us to experience. Now another then second shift is the shift that really gets you out of your little comfort bubble, which is courage. Now, courage is not doing the opposite of what we are afraid of, which, you know, doesn't really work and often unfortunately backfires like this client of mine who wanted to force himself to overcome his anxiety, his fear of heights by jumping out of a plane uh, with a parachute apparently, but uh, 30 times. He just sign up, sign a check, 30 jumps, that should do it. Well, at jump number 25, he had panic attacks constantly because he pushed his nervous system and he pushed his inner protector way too far and he gave up. So that didn't really work. Courage is actually what is in our heart. It comes from the French word cur, which is the heart. And so what it does really call upon is this doing something that's worthwhile, even though it may scare us a little bit. It is important to us, but it may be a little bit hard. So what could that be? When you think about what would require for you to have courage, something that you desire, something that you could see is valuable, but you haven't dared to do it yet. That is where your courage is needed, where your heart can be engaged. For me, it was changing my life several times, being in medicine and realizing that this is not really what I want to do for the next 25 years. Of course, my nightly panic attacks that pretty much told me that helped me to find the courage to say, I'll do something different. Leaving Germany and moving to Seattle, even though it was first planned for two years only, was something that I really had to do, but it took a lot of courage and I certainly had to face myself. Then deciding to stay in Seattle and go back to school and do a PhD in molecular biology took a lot of courage because I gave up on medicine and started something fresh. Getting, you know, involved with my wife after just this one time in this yoga camp and right away deciding, hey, you know, move from Tennessee to Seattle, let's start life together. I mean, how many people were saying, you are absolutely crazy and who knows who this girl or this guy are. It took a lot of courage, but it was all coming from the heart. And then moving away from Seattle, and going back to Europe and living in France and 20 years ago leaving research and starting my empowerment coaching work, all of those things took courage. But you know why it wasn't really feeling like it? Because I knew I couldn't help it. Because it was in my heart and the alternative of staying stuck and doing this what I really didn't feel in alignment anymore would have been much, much harder. 
and much more painful. So ask yourself, are there things that are important to you, whether these are dreams, whether these are maybe you know, some loose ends, some relationships that you really feel like, well, I need to have this conversation to clear the air. I need to forgive this person, whether it's a parent or a sibling, because I think if not, I would regret it. I want to go back to school because I feel like my job is a dead end. I need to let go of this relationship because I feel like it's not fulfilling and we really are more arguing than making each other happy, even though it's a jump in the unknown. There may be things for you that you know are really important to you and they will require courage, but realize not doing it, you will feel much more regret and pain than giving yourself permission to follow the call of your heart. And that is ultimately what courage is about, following this call that may not always make intellectual sense, but it is something that certainly in the end leads to greater fulfillment. And to not scare your inner protector too much, you can always set intermediate goals. When I uh, shifted out of research, I was seeing clients only part-time, half a day, and that eased me in into this new endeavor. Or when you want to, you know, let's say, uh, uh, start moving to a different place, just make a plan. Be clear how much money you need, how, how this move would look like, whether the infrastructure there is really what you want. Whatever it is, just don't feel like you have to jump out of the plane to be courageous. Just feel like that you, in the end, can be responsible with your courage so that you're inner resistance is not so great and your inner resistance doesn't really hold you back from doing what your heart is saying. Then the third uh, shift that you can make is the shift of generosity. And I think that's another thing that I often notice and I find that so refreshing when we were in Ireland. People are not about the bottom line as much as I see this in other uh, countries, in other societies. There is often the idea of what's in it for me that runs our interactions. It's like, okay, it's not worth it. This is a waste of time. Well, this person wasn't really good to me, so why should be good to them? Well, they never really apologized for what they did, so why should I do this? See, there are all these things we do that contract us, that make us hold on tightly to this idea of I only move or I only give if I get something in return. And that whole bottom line thinking, I think really creates more pain and more stress than it empowers us and makes us fulfilled. I mean, there are countless studies for example, you know, a study that showed that generosity lowers your blood pressure, releases all these endorphins, oxytocin, serotonin, dopamine, and helps you with healthy aging. There are so many studies that prove that generosity is something that makes your life better. But generosity is not just about giving 
or taking care of something because a lot of us are helpers, including myself. So it feels easy to do those things. Generosity, I feel, is like also jumping over your shadow and doing something that feels actually a little bit harder because maybe like we Germans like to say the inner swine dog, the part of you that just says, no, no, don't do this. They don't deserve this or you have more important things to do or why are you the one who does this and not others? You know, that inner part that tries to talk us out of it, we need to overcome this by simply being a little bit more generous. I just talked to a client today who reminded me that in order for him to make his relationship better, he needs to be more generous because he shared with me that his wife is very stressed in his work, in her work and that she has a deadline in September coming up. And so she's working pretty much day and night. And that puts a lot of stress on him because they have two little kids. At the same time, he got into a business venture and he's really excited about it. And, and he feels this is like, you know, an imbalance. She and her job seem to be more important than his new business uh, venture. And so when she asked him, hey, can you get the kids or can you, you know, come home earlier because I have this call, there is an increased resentment. And of course, if you are tallying it up, probably she is using more time in her work than he's using in his work. But it didn't really feel good to him the way they started to bicker and the way it became more a tit for tat. And so I suggested to him just to realize this is temporary. This is like until September and then it's going to ease off for her. And right now you being generous and simply saying, hey, of course, no problem. Let me know how I can help you will ease a lot of her pain. It will certainly make the relationship better, but it also will make him feel more on purpose because that feeling of isolation he got by not being generous was something that caused him a lot of anxiety and a lot of guilt and letting go of this inner swine dog that says, no, you deserve to have at least as much freedom to work as she does. He needed to ignore that. And he needed to decide that the relationship in him right now, giving to someone who obviously needs more than himself, that is the right thing to do. Generosity comes a lot also with awareness. And just notice, look around again, out of your bubble and see who could use a little bit of your generosity. When we were in Ireland, I find that People are very generous with their times. You know, we were in this little ice cream parlor after dinner and it was blowing my mind because there were these two teenagers working and usually you expect teenagers not being necessarily friendly and certainly not being curious or generous with their time. But they didn't look at their phones uh, as soon as they gave us the ice cream. They actually chatted with us. They ask us questions. What are we doing? Where are we coming from? There was a general sense of they wanted to spend time with us. And I think that is something that is such a beautiful and refreshing way of seeing the world and making us feel more connected with each other. And so just be open to see where people can use your generosity, whether you 
go into the supermarket and you see a little tiny person trying to reach for the ketchup up there, just step in and help. Whether you have a stray cat around in your neighborhood and you always told yourself, well, that's not my cat, I don't take care of it, but you see it, you know, really needing to have some food or some support, well, step out of the line, go out of your comfort zone and step in and be generous, no matter how much you get in return. When you feel like people, you know, maybe someone that you see in the bus has a hard time getting out of the bus. You see them with a walker and you already wonder, well, when they stop, how do they get out? Just offer your help. Be more generous and it will make your life more fulfilling. And then the last one is really related to this. It's all about connection. I mean, there is this, you know, famous Harvard study about aging that showed it's not the genetics, it's not the cholesterol. Yes, of course, it's not good if you're smoking, but in the end, what keeps us younger and what keeps us also alive, because life still matters, is our way, the way we connect, the way we relate to each other, whether it's in your primary relationship, whether it's with friends. And for me, I often hear with clients that tell me, well, I'm just alone, I'm isolated, I don't have any friends and I'm already in my 40s or 50s, so this is pretty much too late. You know, you make your friends in high school or in college and, and it's all not true. We can feel connected even if we are not forging these really deep, meaningful relationships right away. Back to Ireland. Apparently, it really uh, impacted me positively. But one thing I really liked about the Irish is that when you walk, we did this, you know, hiking uh, on the on the road, and cars come towards you, they always greet you with their finger, like, and they smile. Every person did this. This was not like first I thought, well, maybe this is a, the friendly town we are getting through. No, it was all the time. And you know what this does to you is that you feel seen and you feel noticed. Someone actually tells you, hey, I see you, you matter to me. And how often don't we do this or actually do the opposite? We have our heads down, we just keep on walking, don't look right, don't look left, don't make any eye contact. And then we wonder why we are even in, you know, millions of people around us cities feeling alone. So if you want to make an impact for yourself and others, just be more aware that there are always opportunities to make small connections. So really, if you want to gain more happiness, if you want to reduce your stress, use those four simple shifts. Be more curious about the world. And of course, be more curious about yourself. There are so many things about yourself that you don't know yet and that you haven't tried yet. So step out and explore again. Ask yourself, I wonder, and then see what you wonder about. And then be courageous. Listen to your heart. Don't listen to the little naysayer or the judge in your head that tells you it's not possible. Listen to your heart and follow your heart and take those steps that lead you to the unknown, but also the unknown that can lead to greater fulfillment. And then certainly 
make sure that you're more generous, that you're not just closing yourself tightly down and telling yourself, well, it's about survival of me and not really giving to others. Give your time, give your energy and maybe just give a smile. Give forgiveness, let go and don't hold on so tightly when people hurt you or when people owe you something. Just free yourself from that through greater generosity and then make a real difference in your environment by simply connecting. Connect more. And if you know people better, connect more deeply. Ask better questions. Don't get kind of uncomfortable when you're asking, how are you doing? And then they said, well, I'm feeling mis really miserable. And how often do people then just say, oh, sorry to hear that. And that's that. There's no question asked. There is no, you know, curiosity on what's really going on. So have also the courage to learn to know people better and to go with them into their pains or their shadows. And this way show that you really want to connect with them even if they're not in the best place. All of those things can really help us to make ourselves more empowered, to make our lives much more rich, and in the end also to make ourselves more happy.